day is it? What time is it? Did I brush my teeth this morning? These are just some of the questions you may be asking yourself during this stay-at-home moment we're experiencing, where every day feels like a bit more of the same. So many of us working eight hours a day at the kitchen table before packing it all up for dinner and another puzzle at that same kitchen table. It's been three weeks since St. Louis dining rooms were ordered closed to prevent the spread of coronavirus, longer if you're on the Illinois side. So how are we getting through this? Turns out, with alcohol. Nielsen, a company that tracks consumer habits, found booze sales were up 55% the week ending March 21st across the U.S. That's around the time people realized it'd be a while before seeing their favorite bartender. Tequila, gin, and pre-mixed cocktails were up 75% compared to the same period last year. You guys were going for the hard stuff. Online alcohol sales were up 243%. Friends, remember to drink responsibly. It's easy to have a few too many when you're simply sitting on your couch the whole time, chatting with your besties on your computer screen in a virtual happy hour. Trust me on that one. But real talk, we have a collective edge to take off right now. So on this COVID edition of Abby Eats St. Louis, I called up some of the people helping us do that. How local liquor stores have kept up with the demand and being deemed essential businesses. You kind of have to take every day little by little. Why one restaurant is banned from selling one of its most successful bar menu items. It was a gut punch on top of a shift kick. What it means to stop production for a craft brewery, plus how you can help them eventually reopen. There is no off switch, really. And why one beer maker is bringing their drinks to nursing homes and hospitals, encouraging folks to crack one open on the clock. I'm having one right now, actually. And let the record show it is 10 o'clock in the morning. And the answer is yes, I have brushed my teeth today, I think. Like a good trendy millennial, I have a bar cart, salvaged and refurbished from my grandparents' house and loaded up with bottles of the essentials. Whether your liquor collection is in a cart or tucked into a cabinet, chances are your supplies are dwindling a little faster than usual right now. Mine's freshly restocked with a few bottles from Randall's Wine and Spirits. The locally owned liquor store chain has felt that boom in business from everyone rushing to buy booze for their quarantine supplies. But VP Todd Randall says it's bittersweet. I guess best way to put it is kind of been an all hands on deck. A um, little bit of nervousness, a little bit of uh, uneasiness, I guess, but it's also been a little exciting just because it's been like fairly pretty busy with everything going on. Um, but it's tough. It's kind of like a little bit of everything on both sides of the spectrum. Is it fair to say it's kind of hard to enjoy it right now? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's obviously it's nice being busy, um, but it's also you're just dealing in a world of uneasiness and how do you plan accordingly each day between staying, obviously keeping the stores clean and making sure your employees are okay. Are okay. So there's kind of that uneasiness. Um, you kind of have to take every day little by little. Mm-hmm. How have you adjusted how the store itself functions and operates because normally it's a typical store you walk in you know you can grab a cart uh you've got the big kind of warehouse feel where you're just going around the different aisles and different sections how does it look different now um a lot of similar i mean i think there's uh spots outside where we put chalk until the rains the rains wash it away a little bit but putting those six foot spots outside to stand um, having a gentleman on their busier hours watching the door to only let um about 10 to 12 customers in at a time. Um, obviously, we took 
feedback from what some of the other stores have done with uh, the five people per 10,000 square feet. So obviously lines outside um, as well as markings inside for people to stand in line. I mean, the amount of cleaning solution on the counters for cashiers or just other employees to spray everywhere, just trying to keep the place clean. But similar setup, just a lot of those subtle differences um, to kind of help do our part in regards to helping people social distance. Right now, a lot of their business comes from people who never set foot in the store. They've seen a lot of people ordering online. You can order from Randall's through Drizzly, an online service that's kind of like an Uber for alcohol delivery, and they're getting ready to launch an in-house delivery option on their website in the next couple of weeks. This to keep up with the demand. That's taken off drastically. I mean, I think we're about filling every time slot you can you can right now, and I think they're capped at about 10 per hour um, that would enable drivers to get it there in a considerable amount of time. But, yeah, I mean, that's completely taken off or completely taken off. You don't have to have the exact data in front of you, but do you know what people are going out and buying right now? Uh, anything you have in stock. <laughs> I mean, it's always I mean, it's always the key stuff, whether it's forehands, Tito's, any kind of bourbon, I mean, you. I mean, anything anyone can buy, it's just on fire. If you run out of something, it's almost a point to where they're out. They don't want to make multiple trips. They're going to find something that is okay with them or something comparable, you know. Interesting. So people are just like thirsty for what they can get their hands on right now. Oh, literally come, I think the past several Mondays after the weekend, when in essence we get to reload the shelves and kind of restock them, um, it's been bare. It's literally kind of like take everything you can and then try to uh, replenish what you can too. I guess similar format to the grocery stores from what I see in like the meat aisles is like half gone. Under the current iteration of the stay-at-home orders here, liquor stores are considered essential businesses. That means they can stay open. I sort of playfully asked Todd what it feels like to play a needed role in all of this. His answer surprised me. We're trying to do our part, but I mean, obviously, it's nowhere near what doctors, nurses, and medical staff are doing. I mean, I think it's, like, doesn't even come close to what they're doing. I think we're just trying to, I think we've just been deemed an essential business, and we're just trying to go about it the right way with, like I said, doing our part with social distancing inside the store and cleaning it and doing that and doing, yeah, doing our part. And I guess, yeah, so a lot of people are excited that we've been deemed essential thus far, um, but it's just making sure that even though we have been, that we're kind of going about it the right way. I don't want to put ourselves or our employees or any customers in danger. So while you got that, you also got the added response. I mean, while you get deemed essential, you almost kind of get deemed to get some added responsibility to do it the right way. You have a day off today for the first time in a while because you've been pretty busy. And if you had the opportunity to make yourself a quarantini of some sort, some kind of cocktail to enjoy, what are you making yourself? Um, and all, honestly, it's probably a margarita. I hate to say <laughs> it, but I'm a big uh, tequila margarita fan. So especially on a day like today when it's about 80, it's supposed to be, what, 82 degrees out to Something me? like that, yeah. Yeah, to me, I don't know. Margarita just, it makes you think of spring and summer, and I guess of all things to put you in a good mood. It's, I don't know, to me, it's probably it. <laughs> you know like otherwise you just sit around bored the whole i mean you just sit around and mopey but that might give you like a little bit of added chutzpah
Restaurants have had to make some tough choices in all of this. What to do with employees, whether to stay open or shut down, if curbside pickup or delivery should be an option for them. Mission Taco scaled back by temporarily closing a few of their locations, but the takeout orders, like at the walk-up window in Soulard, have kept them busy. And beverage director Kyle Harlan was prepared to sling drinks a little differently, too. Honestly, I, I saw it kind of coming. Um, I've been paying pretty close attention to what was going on. So, uh, obviously, I didn't know the extent of what we were going to be going through, but I, I was one of the people paying a little bit closer attention to what was going on in China and Italy and uh, seeing what the rest of the world was going through. Uh, so I had a pretty decent idea what was coming. So I, I had a little time to kind of prepare my mind for moves to make. One of the more popular menu items at first wasn't much of a surprise since they're among the top orders in the restaurants most days, margaritas. In this case, pre-mixed, quarts and half gallons with alcohol already in them. It was a great idea until the Missouri Division of Alcohol and Tobacco Control shut them down. It seemed like every time I opened any social media platform, there was somebody taking a selfie with their, one of my personal friends, with their Mission Taco margaritas <laughs> when that first started rolling out. It, sound, it seems like it must have been pretty successful. Um, you know, I don't know what detail I should go into, but it's, it was insanely successful the first two days that it was allowed. Um, and just to kind of draw a comparison for you, whenever we had to make the pivot to the platform that we're using now with, um, we're selling half gallon batches of margarita mix and a bottle of our tequila. Um, it's just, I think it's too expensive to be approachable for most people. And I also think that most people don't want an entire bottle of tequila and a half gallon of mix. They want a single serving margarita to go with their tacos for dinner. So, you know, that, that first two days before uh, they reached out to us and let us know that, that we were breaking the law, um, we did over $9,000 in sales. And then the next week, we did less than six wow. um, on on margaritas. So, you know, it was a gut punch on top of a shin kick, but that's the situation we were dealt. So, we, you know, we're, we'll deal with it. And you, so I think it's interesting that you say that you were more surprised in some ways by the fact that the state was coming after you for that than you were by the fact that you'd have to do some pivoting of how you served your drinks. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to get too deep into a political conversation about laws that micromanage our lives that aren't necessary, but I think there are quite a few things being pointed out to people that aren't really that necessary. Um, and it's, it's glaringly obvious right now where the priorities of politicians and um, some of these public figures are. It just seems like, I think, you know, I, I don't think you'd be drawing too hard a line in the sand to say, don't you guys have better things to worry about right now than a restaurant doing what it takes to stay afloat and helping people live normal lives? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know what the, yeah, I've been in this industry for almost 20 years now, so I don't, I don't really know what the perspective is anymore, uh, people outside of it, but owning a restaurant is, running restaurants is, one of the hardest small businesses to, to own and run from at least from the experiences that I've had. And, and I've been honored enough to, to work with some of the biggest names in St. Louis and 
gotten to watch them and see how they do things. It's incredible to be a part of those teams and see how they do it. My God, is this stressful, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Kyle believes that when people go out and order food or drinks from their go-to local spots, it's actually about more than just supporting the business. It's a bit of self-care. People could find our recipes and cook the food themselves at home also, but it's just not the same. You know, the the experience of eating out is more than just the food and the drink. It's the ambiance, it's the lighting, it's the music, it's the people you're with. Um, and I, I think especially right now during this time, this unprecedented time, this brand new experience for for mankind essentially is that we're longing for that experience again. So, you know, I can teach people to make drinks from home all day and they'll they can probably make better drinks than I can, but it's the experience of reliving things before yeah. this that I think is helping people deal with the new day to day. What is the part of normal life, whatever that winds up looking like, that you're most excited to get back to? Wow. Um, I'm a bit of an introvert anyway. It's, it's bizarre. And, I, you know, I've met a lot of bartenders and um, service industry people over the year, and I feel like a lot of us are that way. We're, we put on this persona and this personality at work, and we're, we're so over-the-top extroverted and the life of the parties that in our private lives that we're a little bit more reserved and, and introverted. So, you know, I, I very much look forward to people being in spaces that are, that are too close for them to be in. Um, hmm. And that's something I never thought I would say because large crowds make me anxious and I don't like being a part of them. But I, I very much look forward to, you know, my first concert, my first Dirty Head show being smashed <laughs> with a few thousand other people and sweaty and, and just feeling the vibrations of a crowd move to music again. That's, I think, what I'm looking forward to the most. I love that. I was talking to my best friend about how I always say I'm an extroverted introvert because I'm kind of the same way where I, when I'm out in the world, I can turn it on, but I enjoy my time by myself. I need my time by myself. And she's an extrovert. And now we're both learning to understand better where the other person's coming from. And it's interesting. It's this one big messed up social experiment we're living in right now. I'm kind of ready for it to be over. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it really is. And to be completely honest, you know, I think there's a few things that we could take away from being in this quarantine and, and realizing, you know, I said earlier, there are some things I'm hoping people are realizing aren't necessary. And some of that's the amount of time that we spend away from our families and away from our own homes. People are, you know, I'm seeing the amount of cooking people are doing and the amount of family photos people are posting. And I, I think that people are realizing that our our lives have become such a fast pace that we, it's just a big blur, and and we we can and should slow that down a little bit and kind of enjoy the ride. St. Louis breweries are a resilient bunch. It's in our DNA. During Prohibition, the big brewery, Anheuser-Busch, kept people employed as they pivoted their business model to stay afloat until they could start making beer again. By the light of that big brewery, dozens and dozens of craft breweries have grown and flourished. The St. Louis area is full of them. Some larger ones, like Schlafly and Forehands, others smaller and more focused. Now it's time for all of their resilience to be tested. For every one that survives this, it's very fair to expect that at least one won't. 
But before we pour one out for the beer town we once were, I checked in with one of our medium-sized breweries, Rockwell Beer Company. They're the place with the cool shipping container building in the Grove. I chatted with head brewer Jonathan Moxie to find out first and foremost how he's feeling right now. I mean, personally, I'm doing well. You know, my uh, I'm healthy, my family and my friends are healthy, and, you know, obviously that's the most important thing. Uh, I'm still working, which I'm, I'm very grateful for. Uh, and, but, yeah, like everything else, is, it's very different. We, uh, we do quite a bit of business out of our tasting room, you know, like upwards of like close to 90 percent of our revenue comes through our tasting room, which has been closed for several weeks now. Unfortunately, we had to with that, we had to lay off or furlough our, uh, our tasting room staff. Hmm. And so, yeah, like I think things are really strange right now. We're still uh, brewing beer uh, this week will uh, probably be the last week of uh, brewing for I'm not sure how long. Uh, it really just depends on uh, demand as well as, uh, you know, uh, how long we're out of the tasting room, that sort of thing. We're still sending quite a bit of cans out in a distribution. Uh, and in addition to that, we're uh, selling beer uh, through our contactless uh, drive through here. We just uh, we set up a station, uh, a bar uh, right outside the packaging hall. Uh, we just open up one of the garage doors. And so we people can order online. Uh, at rockwellbeer.com and pick a pickup window. We'll have the ready uh, the order all ready for them. Uh, we've got gloves and masks. We wipe down everything with rubbing alcohol uh, more than usual. I mean, like we, we try to keep things clean here at the brewery, uh, even without a global pandemic. But uh, but now, of course, it's it's more important than ever just to keep everybody safe and healthy. I think we've all experienced times at which this has really felt weird. And one of those times for me was on that sunny, beautiful Sunday. And I drove past Rockwell. And normally on a Sunday afternoon in unseasonably warm weather, that place would be crawling with families, with cyclists, with people just hanging out on the patio. The tasting room would be full. And seeing that empty really hit home for me in a weird way. How has that been for you guys? I, you know, frankly, it's bizarre because yeah, like we're, we're used to the bustle, you know, earlier this year, you know, like we were just kind of shaking off, you know, the, the pro the post Christmas New Year's, uh, uh, hibernation period. And people were looking for any ex uh, excuse whatsoever to get outside. And, you know, it may be 40 degrees outside, but if it was, sunny then the patio was packed yeah and right now like you know i since we closed the tasting room i haven't been on the patio um i, I miss having beers out there tell me about how the process works on the being able to stop production because i'm thinking about you know there's a lot of science that goes into us there's a lot of ingredients that go into brewing beer is it an easy thing to do or is it what what goes into the process of you know flipping the off switch to stop production for a little while yeah i mean you're exactly right like there's you know it, it's not a um it, there, there is no off switch, really. You know, we just, uh, you know, yeast are living things. So we're right now, we're just kind of letting the, the fermentation life cycle of different batches uh, play out. 
uh, you know, we had things in the tank uh, before, you know, the, the shutdown began that are being packaged now. And, uh, you know, we'll do another canning run next week as well as some bottling. But it just kind of worked out. The, the brewing that we've been planning on doing right now anyway was longer-term projects. And those, uh, you know, things like lagers that uh, ferment cool for, you know, two months are, are just fine in the tanks. And, and they're just, you know, sitting out uh, as they would be anyway. And then yesterday we brewed Polymath, uh, which is our mixed fermentation spelt saison. So that uh, that beer spends about a week in stainless steel before we move it over to one of our white oak fooders, uh, where it'll sit for you know months to a year, just depending on how long the flavor development takes. So those things like are, are going to be fine for a good long while. Hopefully we're you know back up and running before those things are ready, uh, but. As for the other beers, you know, like we've been working on uh, new pale ales and IPAs that uh, we were going to roll out for the spring and summer. And those are, you know, just sitting in kegs right now. You know, people can come and, and purchase kegs themselves uh, for their home if they have a home bar. Uh, but, you know, no one's serving beer here in the tasting room for those draft kegs and uh, none of the bars and restaurants that would normally be purchasing them are open. I think that so many of the breweries and people who work in the craft beer world here in St. Louis see this community as one that really does bring people together. It brings gives people a place to go, to gather with friends, you know, that to share a beer together. Um, but obviously that's all so different right now. What do you see the role of craft breweries as right now, uh, like Rockwell? You know, like, uh, it, it's been really, uh, encouraging and, and, and gratifying, uh, to me personally, just to see the people that are, uh, are coming up through the drive through, you know, like they're all, they're, they're very grateful. Uh, it puts a smile on their face to, you know, be able to, safely drive and you know get a you know beer's an affordable luxury so coming out and, and getting something that's going to make them smile even if it's in the you know the comfort of their own homes like obviously they're not uh you know coming into the bar or hopefully they're not hosting a big pa uh, you know a big party somewhere but you know they're they're getting some element of normalcy uh, you know in, in these strange times all of that being said, um, you know, we keep talking about getting back to normal, but the bottom line is we don't know what normal is going to look like after right. all of this is said and done. Um, the reality that the craft beer community that's grown so much over the past 10 years or so in St. Louis is going to look very different or could potentially look very different. Um, talk about the importance of people putting their money where they want this city to look like after this is all said and done. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, uh, with, uh, with local restaurants, breweries, uh, any of those things, like, you know, th these, these small businesses are what makes St. Louis great, make so many communities great. Uh, you know, the, the unique things that you can only find right here. Um, I think that, you know, it, it's been great to see people to show up in times like these, you know, like they, 
you know, there's there's some element of danger every time, you know, like you're interacting with other people or leaving your house. And, you know, it's uh, it's been really encouraging to see that, you know, like they care enough about us to, to come by and, you know, and to purchase our beer. And I hope that, you know, like so many other breweries here in St. Louis that I, I love and, and can't wait to, to patronize again, you know, like I, I hope that they're getting the same thing and that, uh, you know, people are showing up because, you know, like breweries give back a lot to, to the community. You know, like we, we support as many nonprofits and educational things we can through donations and stuff throughout the year. And uh, so far we've seen a lot of those people who we try to help out in normal times uh, turn around and support us. So uh, that's great. When you pour yourself a drink at the end of the day, what are you, <laughs> whatever the day ends, um, and I mean the end of the day right now because we don't know when the end of this big collective day is. When you are sure. wrapping up a day um, in this new normal we're living in right now and you're pouring yourself a drink, what are you raising your glass and thinking about? Um, you know, it's always gratitude. You know, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're still in operation. Uh, we're still healthy. Uh, we've, um, you know, we're seeing, uh, support from, uh, from friends and customers and family online, even if they can't be here, raise a, a glass with us. And, uh, you know, we're really blessed by that. We've talked a bit about the local bar and restaurant scene doing awesome things to help say thanks to first responders and healthcare workers. Clementines and their surprise ice cream drop-offs, Soul Taco and Hotbox Cookies taking donations and offering free deliveries to hospitals. Wellbeing Brewery wanted to help fuel the fight in an unexpected way. From a medical standpoint, I think it's awesome. Wellbeing is a local non-alcoholic brewery. It's Tom Halaska's job not just to sell it, but also to explain it. You know, when we started this about two years ago, craft and alcoholic beer didn't really exist. So it was really at the beginning the education part of, hey, this tastes good. There's this low calorie. It's those zero sugars. It works for anyone, not just for recovering alcoholics and pregnant people. You know, that's when I first started. That's what I thought. Oh, my God, how many recovering alcoholics and pregnant people can we get uh, drinking our beer? Because that's pretty much the demographic. Mm -hmm. And what we found out is that we sell more beer to people who drink than people who don't drink. So people who consume alcohol are using our product and having a well-being beer every second beer, every other beer throughout the course of their session. So they're able to kind of balance that alcohol high without overindulging. So the idea is just to just be more mindful about how you are consuming alcohol or sugar or fat or carbs or anything, just kind of trying to have that balanced life. So it's way more than not drinking alcohol. We are not against alcohol, never have been, never will be. The, the idea is just to show people there's a, a way to use our product that can help you be more mindful about how you're consuming alcohol. The last time I had a well-being while I was out was exactly in one of those situations you were talking about where I had a beer and I was still out with friends and wanted to keep drinking, but I knew I should not keep drinking. So I got a well-being. And it actually really does taste good, and I think that's a huge selling point for you guys. <laughs> yeah, it would it'd be real hard to sell it if it <laughs> good. And I think I think us fully brewing our beer 
Uh, and then we go through the dealcoholization process, which allows for us to remove the alcohol at about room temperature. So we're not hurting the the structure of the beer. So it comes out, it's it's beer. So I think, yeah, I think that's a big deal. If it didn't taste good, this, this all would be a lot harder. Uh, and, and to speak to, you know, your situation, that's exactly it. The beer exists when you need it, if you want it. You know, it's good day or night, morning, day or, you know, I'm having one right now. Actually, I'm drinking the Wellbeing Victory Citrus Wheat, which is our electrolyte packed beer today. And let the record show it is 10 o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday. Right. And I'm hydrating with a zero sugar, low calorie beverage. So instead of having a sugary, you know, sports drink that's actual sugars and doesn't taste all that good, this is actually hydrating no sugars. So, yeah, I'm being healthy. Yeah, okay, so you just used a bunch of words that I associate with sports drinks, electrolytes yeah. being one of them. Um, talk yeah. about the connection, the tie-in there. The funny thing is, I, is I didn't know what electrolytes were until we started putting them into our beer. <laughs> We've all been told socially, like, electrolytes are good for you, and everyone's like, okay, I need electrolytes. But I didn't realize that that's sodium, magnesium, potassium, B vitamins, protein, like all of these different things make up an electrolyte panel. So finding that out and learning what actual electrolytes were was kind of eye-opening from a hydration standpoint. Um, so yes, this beer is a sports beer. It's called Sports Brew. It's Wellbeing Victory Citrus Wheat Sports Brew. And the idea is for people to use this as a post-workout recovery drink. Not only did we add electrolytes to the beer on the back end, but beer itself has something called polyphenols. Polyphenols are anti-inflammatories. So the University of Berlin did a study that showed that uh, people who use non-alcoholic beer post-workout as a recovery drink had a decrease in inflammation from their workout. So that exists in the beer, plus the electrolytes that we add from buoy, uh, zero sugars and under 100 calories for 16 ounces. It really is, I think, one of the healthiest beverages on the market. That is so unexpected. <laughs> I know. So that's the idea is that we're making, we're making things with purpose. One of the things that people used to say to me when this whole thing started is, well, what's the point? Like, well, the point is people who can't consume alcohol for addiction reasons, for medical reasons, for they don't want to reasons, still like beer. Beer wouldn't taste like beer if people didn't like the taste of beer, right. plain and simple. So and it would just wouldn't. It would taste, you know, the, the beer that was made in Egypt when beer first started being made because of dysentery, mm -hmm. uh, that beer doesn't taste like the beer we drink today because it's been modified to the consumer's taste. So people want to drink something delicious. So if we can make something that people want to drink that tastes good, that's also healthy, I think that we're, we've got a win-win. Tom's a traveling sales guy, but with bars closed and traveling pretty much cut off right now, he started thinking, what to do with all this beer? Being an essential worker is, in a lot of ways, a full-contact sport. So he dropped off more than 10 cases of the Victory Citrus Wheat to the people who need it most right now. His pals who make the electrolyte panel that goes into the beer, it's called Bowie, sent him a 1,000 personal bottles of that electrolyte mix that can be added to any drink. He's giving those away, too. So far, we've dropped beer and Bowie to hospitals, uh, a VA hospital, a nursing home, uh, a food share, uh, and food pantries for people who are homeless uh, to be able to get some hydration, which I think is super great. The healthcare workers, because they, um, most of them who do drink probably aren't drinking right now, or the ones that are drinking need to hydrate. So I really think that it's something to you know give them that after work treat, that beer taste, just like you said, you had a you had a beer after a night of drinking. Right. 
these healthcare professionals can have a drink after work, something that, that gets those endorphins going, that they realize that they're having their treat after work, but they're hydrating themselves as well. And then also with the buoy squeeze bottles, they can put that in their pocket and squeeze it into just about anything that they're, that they're drinking throughout the course of the day to keep themselves hydrated. Well, I wish you all the well-being in the world right now. <laughs> and I think that, you. you know, being able to pass that along to our, to all the folks who are out there not working from home like you and I are lucky to be able to do is, uh, is really important. So I appreciate that. And I'm sure a lot of other people out there do too. Yeah, I appreciate you too. And thank you for taking the time to, to let me get the word out. Tom says he still has more cases of beer and buoy to give away. Just send him an email if you have ideas of where they should go. It's Tom at wellbeingbrewing.com. Abby Eats St. Louis is a Five on Your Side production. I'm Abby Larico. My lovely executive producer is Dory Olmos. And shout out to Shelly Karam. She's not editing right now, but I miss you. And I wish you were editing. Follow us on Instagram at Abby Eats St. Louis, where we're working to keep you posted on restaurant and food events, specials, closings, and changes. And tag us to show us how you're eating and adjusting during this crazy time. Check the episode notes for links to helpful stories online, too, like a list of places offering drinks to go right now and how to donate to the Gateway Resilience Fund for laid-off hospitality workers. Stay well, stay cheery, friends, and seize the plate. Thank you.